Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. This is God's holy, true, and life-giving word. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased when the angels went away from them into heaven the shepherds said to one another let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger and when they saw it they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child And all who heard it marveled at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful to be able to be gathered here tonight to celebrate your glory and your grace to us in sending your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to become a man and to live perfectly according to your law and to die a sinner's death on behalf of all who would trust in him and be raised from the dead. To prove that you've accepted what he has done on our behalf. We pray that you'd be glorified and honored tonight as we remember the good news of Christmas and the gospel. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a story about a new teacher at a Christian school. She was asked to direct the annual Christmas play. And she was pretty nervous because it's her first year at the school. She wanted to impress people. And so she very quickly found out that one of the kids who was going to be in the play was a really amazing little actor. And so she got excited. She cast him as Joseph. And so the night of the play came and the auditorium was filled with parents and teachers 
And uh, the play began, and everything was going well. And then uh, pretty soon it was time for this kid playing Joseph to really shine. Uh, it came time in the play where Mary and Joseph uh, walk across the stage and go up to a door, the door of the inn, and they knock on the door. And the kid playing the innkeeper opens the door, and he says, Can I help you? And then this kid playing Joseph, he just turns it on. And he ad-libs a little bit. And he starts going on and on, asking, pleading with this innkeeper for a room. He says, sir, you you got to give us a room. I mean, you just don't understand. It's, it's really dangerous out here at night, as you surely are aware. And it's really cold out here, too, as you can surely feel. And my wife is pregnant, as you can surely see. And the child in her womb is infinitely special. As the world will eventually surely know. May we have a room. And everybody in the auditorium was just swept up in the moment. Including the kid who played the innkeeper. (laughs) Who totally blew it and was like, yeah, come on in. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. And so obviously the uh, Christmas play was a little awkward and unbiblical that year. But, um, I mean, we've all been swept up in the moment, right? We love getting swept up in the moment. And Christmas is a true story that is designed to sweep us up in the moment and hold us there. It's designed to fill our hearts with wonder and awe. And we need that, you know. We need that. In fact, there was an article a little over a year ago in Psychology Today which said that experiencing wonder and awe is actually a really important part of our emotional and psychological health. Uh, we, we long to be impressed and amazed. And the article actually says that when we do experience wonder and awe, it actually makes us more empathetic, more empathetic, and it helps us to connect With others better. In fact, the writer says, wonder pulls us together. She says it acts as a counterforce to all that seems to be tearing us apart. And the article goes on to say that experiencing wonder and awe helps relieve anxiety and depression and all sorts of things. Getting lost in something or someone else is actually really good for us. It's like we were designed for wonder and awe. If you're a guest with us tonight, we're really glad that you're here. And uh, we would tell you that uh, for the last month, we've been looking at some of the beautiful and life-changing truths that God reestablished in the hearts of his people during the 16th century Protestant Reformation, which began in 1517, 500 years ago this year. And so we've been looking at these different uh, truths called the, the five solas, and tonight we're talking about the fifth sola, which is soli deo gloria, which is Latin for to God alone be the glory, to God alone be the glory. See, one of the things that the reformers discovered as they began to know God through the scriptures is that God is glorious and that all that God does is glorious. And all he's ever done is for his glory. He created all things, all of the millions of galaxies and stars and planets, all for his glory. 
He created everything on earth all for his glory. He created you and I for his glory. This is something that they saw and they realized and they learned and then lived according to the fact that we actually are designed for wonder and awe. We were designed to live in wonder and awe of the glory of Almighty God. And to come alive as we know Him and His glory. And that's what makes Christmas such an incredible part of His story and our story. Because Christmas is the key to living a life of wonder and awe and being fulfilled by the glory of God. In the Christmas story, we see how people go from not being in wonder and awe of God to being in wonder and awe of God and having their lives completely changed. And we see that in the story of the shepherds. So I want to look a little bit at what we see happening in the lives of these shepherds on this night. And there's three things. First, we see that the shepherds are totally terrified, absolutely terrified of the glory of God. But then they're taken aback. They're taken by surprise at the glory of God. And then third, they're transformed. Their lives are transformed by the glory of God. So what do I mean by terrified? Well, it says it right in the passage. If you are, if you have your Bible open, look at verses 8 and 9. And what it says is that when the angel appeared, and it says the glory of the Lord shone or shined all around the shepherds. And as it says in verse 9, they were filled with great fear. And this is like a completely frozen with fear type fear. They're absolutely terrified. And what's interesting about this is, you know, surely it was both visually and physically awesome. Right? I mean, the glory of the Lord shone around them. So you can imagine, actually, I don't think we can imagine But if we could, at at the very least, the brightest, purest light shining everywhere, right? And on top of that, see, in the scriptures, the word glory has this nuance of weight. You can feel it. So not only visually was this, I'm sure, totally stunning, but also physically, like they could feel the glory of God in this moment. And the question is, why were they so afraid? Why were they not excited? Why were they not like, this is awesome, right? I mean, if this happened today, would they have been like, this is amazing. Get your phone. We need to go on Facebook Live. People need to see this. But they weren't excited about this incredible display. They were absolutely terrified. Why were they terrified? They were terrified because they could tell immediately that they knew this was an encounter with the glory of God Almighty. This perfect and pure and righteous and holy God. And knowing that they were having this encounter with the glory of God made them absolutely terrified because they know, they knew in their hearts what you and all, you and I know in our hearts that no one is righteous, no, not one. They knew that they were in really big trouble if this really was God because they were sinners like me and like you. And the bottom line is we just don't run towards judgment and consequences. Um, 
when I was about 20 years old, my parents said that I could go boating with my friends. And so I hooked up our boat to the back of our Ford Explorer and we zoomed down the road. I was so excited to go boating with my buddies. And um, while we were driving through my neighborhood, we hit a bump. And that's when I discovered that I had tried to hook up the boat a little too quickly and had actually not hooked up the boat. And so it fell. And I see in the rear view, the boat just kind of disappears. And, you know, uh, there are chains attached to the trailer and to the vehicle in case this happens to idiots like myself. And so, you know, the boat didn't get away, but I didn't know what to do. So I just slam on the brakes. You know what happens when a Ford Explorer stops on a dime and a boat does not? Uh, so that thing just punches right into the back of our Ford Explorer, put a nice V-shaped hole right in the back door, and we get out. My friends and I get out, and we're looking at this mess, and I'm thinking, this is a nightmare. And um, one of my friends says, Matt, your dad is going to kill you. <laughs> and I said, Yes, he is. So we're going to go back there right now and face the consequences. No, that is not what I said. I said, dudes, we're going to hook up this boat and go have the best day ever because it's our last. Okay. And we went. We had a great time. And I did not deal with those consequences till much later. Now, to my dad's credit, he was incredibly. I mean, I'm here, right? I'm alive. So he was incredibly gracious. But the thing is, my heart and your heart and all of our hearts and the shepherd's hearts, they all work the same. And here's the deal. We don't go toward judgment and consequences. We're runners. And, and it's a human thing. It's not a you thing or just a me thing. It's an us thing. It's a human thing. Started in the Garden of Eden. If you know the, gar- if you know the story of creation, right after Adam and Eve sinned, they ran. And they hid. And human beings have been running ever since from God. And so in the moment these shepherds see the glory of God and they are terrified and they want to run. But they're not able to run. So instead, they're taken aback. They're completely taken aback by the glory of God. As we see uh, here in verse 10. Uh, in verse 14, at what happens here. And this is like this amazing moment where they were terrified and then they're completely taken aback as they hear about what the glory of God is there to reveal. And let me tell you something. I've been a, I've been a pastor for long enough to know that I've never seen someone uh, who, had, who already had God figured out when they saw in the scriptures what he really is like. Nobody, when, when people come to really understand what God is like in the scriptures, nobody has ever said, I knew it. I knew that's what he was like. No. I've seen it many, many times. We are totally taken aback when we come to see what God is really like as revealed by the angels here. I mean, look at what happens in verse 10. In verse 10, the angel says, don't be afraid. He says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. They hear good news, not terrible news. Your life is over. God is judging you now. They hear good news. God has sent a Savior, Christ the Lord. He has sent his own Son to deal with the fact that none of us have lived up to God's law, to deal with the fact that we all deserve the judgment of God. He has sent a Savior. And I love this. What happens? What happens? What, look at what happens with the angels when the good news is announced that a Savior is born. They can't help it. They, the, the rest of the angels show up. Now there's suddenly millions, who knows, billions of angels around and they're saying, verse 14, glory to God in the high, highest. Gloria in excelsis Deo in Latin. As we sang before, they can't help it. They are, they just, they know that, that God has revealed his glory in all that he's done, but most of all in the sending of his son to be a savior. And so they say, glory to God in the highest. I love what Matthew Henry says about this in his commentary on the whole Bible. He says, uh, all of God's works are for his glory, but the redemption of the world is for his glory in the highest. And they're taken aback, right? This glorious God that I'm petrified of has come to me. Not to judge me, but to save me. And then through the person of his son. It's counterintuitive. It is. It takes us aback. In fact, all of these solas, all of these truths that we have learned in the last few weeks are not natural they're they're counterintuitive we've learned about sola scriptura uh, the doctrine of scripture alone see we naturally think oh i know what god must be like and then we're scared to death of him and god says no don't go on what people say go on what the word of god says scripture alone and when you do that we begin to see what god is really like and we see that the truth of sola gratia grace alone see by nature we think If God is ever going to accept me and love me, I've got to earn that. I've got to do something. I've got to have something good in me, which we don't have. And the truth of the scripture is that, no, God accepts and loves people by his grace alone, sheer grace, sola gratia. And we think, well, okay, maybe he'll accept me, but... But then I've, I've got to, I still have to do certain things, right? I've, to stay right in his side, I'm going to have to do certain things. That's, I've got to maintain this relationship, right? And then we see in the scriptures, no, sola fide. God has declared us righteous permanently. And we've received that through faith. If we have faith, we've received the declaration of righteousness, sola fide. And this morning we talked about solus Christus. In Christ alone. We, we tend to think that, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to add more to what Jesus has done on the cross. It's not really enough to pay for my sins. But the Bible says, no, it is. Solus Christus. In Christ alone. And, and when we really see that, when we see that the scriptures teach that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone... That's what makes our hearts realize that all glory belongs to God alone. Soli Deo Gloria. We're taken aback by what God is really like. And we never knew 
He could be that glorious. It's like, I love the story of my wife's cousin, Max. <laughs> he's a teenager now, but when he was five years old, uh, it was Christmas time, and he's unwrapping this gift. It's all wrapped up in a box, and he has no, he has no idea what it is. And so he starts tearing into the, the wrapping, and he gets it all off. And as soon as he can get all the wrapping off, he holds up this box, and it's a soccer ball. And he gets this big smile, and he says, Wow! I didn't even know I wanted this. <laughs> when you come to know God, as he is revealed in the scriptures, glorious and gracious, that's what happens to our hearts. Man, I didn't even know I wanted this. And that's why not only were they, these shepherds, were they terrified at first and they're totally taken aback. And then they're transformed. They're transformed by the glory of God. We see that in verse 20. In verse 20, it says, and the shepherds returned. So they went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They went back glorifying and praising God. I mean, they were filled with joy. They were filled with excitement. They were filled with wonder and awe at the grace and the glory of God. And we'd be fools to think that it was just for the moment. We see in the scriptures and we see in our own lives that it's a permanent thing. God transforms us. And what I love about this is even though they saw the glory of God in the angels and the light and all the amazing things, it wasn't until after they saw the baby in the manger that they left glorifying and praising God. They needed to see Jesus. And when they did, then they left glorifying and praising him forever. And that's because those who come to see the glory of God in Christ, the one who came to live a perfect life in our behalf, die a sinner's death on our behalf so that through faith we could receive forgiveness of our sins and be declared righteous when we come to know God that way. It it transforms us. There's a pastor named Mark Gunger. He tells this amazing story uh, that he was there for. And it's about uh, this man who was hired to kill an evangelist, a traveling preacher. What had happened was the owner of a um, an adult video and bookstore uh, had noticed that since this evangelist came to town, people weren't coming to his store. So he actually hired someone to go and kill this evangelist at one of the revivals. So this man shows up with a gun at uh, this revival. And when he gets there, he finds out that the preacher, the evangelist, was actually not feeling well. He was there, but he was backstage trying to gain some strength. And that meant that this killer was going to have to sit through this revival service waiting to be able to get close to this preacher. And so the service goes on and there's all sorts of singing and there's uh you know they're praising God 
You know, and then there even there was a moment, he says there was a moment when uh, the worship leader said, hey, this song's about the love of God. Why don't you hug the person next to you? And all of a sudden this killer is getting hugged by all these people. And then the testimonies start. And person after person is getting up and they're talking about how God has transformed their lives, how being forgiven, how being declared righteous in God's sight has changed them, transformed them. They're telling all these stories and he's hearing all this. Well, eventually the evangelist feels good enough to come out and preach. And so he comes out onto the stage and he preaches the gospel and he preaches about Jesus and he preaches about Jesus coming to earth to be a man and to do all these things so that he could die on the cross. Anybody who chooses to believe in him could receive the complete forgiveness of their sins, past, present and future. And be declared righteous. He preaches the gospel. And then the evangelist invites anybody who wants to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior to come down the aisle and so that they could pray for them. And so these people start filing down the aisle towards the front. And so the killer decides this is this is my only opportunity. And so he starts walking down the aisle with his gun in his pocket. And as he's walking... The songs are continuing and he's thinking about what he's heard. And he gets to the foot of the stage. And something comes over him. And so he falls to his knees. And he says, I can't do it. I can't go through with it. And this well-meaning volunteer says, sure you can. God wants you to do it. And he says, no, you don't understand. And he lays that gun on the floor. And he says, I want to be forgiven. I want to trust Jesus. I want my life to be transformed. And it was. You see, when, when, you, when, we, when we finally stop running, or better yet, realize that God has outran us through his son, And grabbed hold of us. So that we might truly embrace his wonder and awe and glory. When we see that he's come to get us in Christ. And that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Then our hearts do truly sing. Soli Deo Gloria. Glory to God alone. If you don't know him the way most of us do in this church. I hope tonight will be the night that you drop to your knees and receive him as your Lord and Savior and begin to know the God of glory and of grace and live in wonder and awe of him for the rest of eternity. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your glory and for your grace. If there are those here who have not repented of their sins and trusted in your son, I pray that you will give them strength to do that tonight through your Holy Spirit. For those of us who know you because of your love and because you first loved us, would you help this Christmas to be one in which we rejoice in the fact that all glory belongs to you? Would you help our hearts sing Soli Deo Gloria? 
And would you help us live every day in wonder and awe at your glory and your grace. In the finished work of your son. In whose name we pray. Amen.